1: Recognize the song. Do you know what it is? Taylor Swift, me. Hmm. I know you're a big Swiftie, Mitch. Oh, big time. Huge fan. If it made a little bit better money, could have put a down payment on one of her tickets. We're back on Wildcat Insider Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson. AJ Shaw will answer your calls if you feel like chiming in, giving us a thought or two or a question about the Cats. Phone number is 785-537-1350. Wyatt, we're 14 days away from, uh, from Christmas. You started your shopping yet? This is a definitive no.
0: <laughs> I am Waiting for the that uh, bull- absolute
1: worst last-minute guy, are you? Waiting for that check to come in on the uh, Las Vegas Bowl. <laughs> after, you, after you put it all on black. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty bad at about it as well. Like I have ideas and stuff. It's just about actually getting there and, and right. purchasing and I I got many ideas. It's just like, but this will this person like this? Well this person like that. That's where I get in my own head. Sure. Like am I just wasting my well and also and I've you know you not know, not here to be a Grinch or anything, but I've been very public about this. I think adult to adult gift giving is it doesn't make sense to me. Is that right? Yeah, just trading. I mean, you're trading money, and you're most likely getting something that person doesn't need or want. And I've always been a fan of like, and it, this hasn't been something we've done in my family, but I love the idea of doing like Yankee swap or whatever you want to call. it. Everybody bring, brings a gift, and then you fight over it or whatever. Or, or you, I, I don't know, just make a game out of the gifts. My uncle of, at one point brought that to our family. Yeah, and it was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it really, truly was. It, I, I'd do it again year after year. It was so much fun. We we did that one year for work. And this was, it wasn't like a, a whole, it was like a, when I was on K-Rock, I'm still on K-Rock. But when we had a different boss, Sean Rock, she had a K-Rock party and we all did that. And she's just like, 20 bucks, just go find something, whatever, whatever it is, just go buy it. And we'll play like this Yankee swap game. And I found a Pulp Fiction mug. Oh, wow. I was like, this is perfect. And it was just a bunch of that kind of stuff. I was Mm -hmm. like, that's what it should be about. Hanging out. If you're going to do a gift, make something fun out of it. Don't put the pressure on yourself or anybody else to go get you something or them have to ask you for ideas of what you want or, you know, you have to give people hints of what you want.
0: So how big are you then on, you know, your significant other? I mean, monster big or just kind of somewhere in the middle or the lower end?
1: Uh, Well, you're not buying a bag of licorice or anything, are you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and I'm not spending the most money in the world, but I'm, I'm more like, you know, I'd rather like, I'd rather just pay for, let's go on a trip somewhere. Do we need more stuff or can we just take this money and go on a trip? Like you're thinking that sounds pretty good. I mean, I think that's, I think that's a great idea.
2: (laughs) Take Lindsay down to Orlando maybe?
1: Well, she is actually going on a trip with her family. And uh, the the bowl game is the reason I'm not going, but they're going up to this Christmas thing in in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. So I've always wanted
2: to go up to Wisconsin. Been there several times. Beautiful state. Beautiful lakes. Always fun. But the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, unfortunately. And the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Milwaukee Bucks. And Marquette Basketball. And blah, 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 blah. Chicago guy.
1: That's probably the, he probably doesn't want that played in Chicago. You know what? His I family feel, hears that. I,
0: I found Milwaukee to be a pretty good city, actually. I've been there a couple of different times. Um, one for from, for a couple of baseball games, and one for not too many years ago, we played Marquette up there in in Milwaukee, and um, that was an interesting experience.
1: Really, truly was. Beautiful well, the, baseball stadium. The K State women's basketball yeah. just last year played in that stadium. Yeah, yeah, they did. I believe it was the first ever women's basketball game in a baseball stadium. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah.
2: I have a friend I went to high school with who's on Wisconsin women's basketball. So I was kind of. She hates K
1: State because she can't beat them.
2: Yeah, I kept. I yeah. I was kind of talking trash. <laughs> All right, it's hour two. Walk at insider Mitch Wyatt
1: AJ. Uh, let's get to the uh, the big football news from this past week. I remember the rumors – I had my phone in front of me during the Villanova game and just checking it once in a while in a group text and uh, checking some stats. And then I start seeing people tweeting about Colin, potentially leaving K-State. I was like, what? I mean, he, the guy's just turned down Penn State. He's turned down Notre Dame. I mean, I, he's, he's basically – what's left, Alabama? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, t- by the way, this happened to ha- this all occurred Villanova game when the rumors started flying around on the twenty fifth anniversary of K State losing to A and in the Big Twelve Championship game in ninety eight. So A and got us again. No, Colin Klein um, has decided to after two years of offensive coordinator at K State leave his alma mater and go coach at Texas A and M.
0: You know what, um, I've said this before, I'll, I'll say it here too, um, really happy for Colin, Shalen, and the family. Um, I, I feel like this is the next move for him on his way to eventually being a head coach. I think that's exactly what this is. Um, I think it probably was pretty difficult for him to leave here. This has been his home for quite some time, and I think he loves Manhattan and Kansas State. Um, I think he did a good job in the two years here as offensive coordinator. I think, um, if I'm being honest, I thought better this year than last in a championship year. So that kind of puts it into perspective, really. Um, Without, let's be honest, he took some criticism at times. But who doesn't if you're an offensive or defensive coordinator or head coach or a quarterback, right? That's kind of the nature of the beast. But, um, man, I, I... I've been so fortunate in my years to be around some really, really wonderful people. He is absolutely in the upper half a percent. I can't say it any more succinctly than that. He is a spectacular human being.
1: Well, I, I think it's quite clear in the clues if Notre Dame wants him, if Penn State wants him, I heard <laughs> that Alabama was interested yeah. texas A& m gets him I mean you're talking about you know you're talking about universities that have a lot of money oh yeah that have been historically very good at football and it's history. Obviously, you know, well, A&M is probably a good example of that. If they, they feel like they should be top dog every year and they fall short, but they feel like they should be winning every year. There's no doubt about that. That's the high expectations. And they're going to go get one of the best coaches in the country. Colin Klein is one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. I think that's absolutely fair to say. And what he was able to do with the K-State offense in just two years, the way he evolved the K-State offense, in a way, you know, kind of bringing it to today's football of using a lot more tempo. What he was able to do with the passing game, prior to calling in 2023, K-State football, maybe 2022 as well. I have to go look at the numbers. I don't quite remember where it was. But prior to that, I mean, K-State was either dead last or second to last in the Big 12 in passing the football for like, gosh, seven, eight, nine consecutive years. And now, you know, Will Howard had himself a record-breaking season in passing touchdowns with a receiver core that, let's be honest, it was, a when it comes to talent, was limited. Really was. I'll never judge Colin for once in a while disagreeing with his play call. I think sometimes he was maybe a little bit late getting a couple things that he should maybe have gotten to a little bit sooner. But he works with that team every day. He, he knows what the bread and butter is. He wants to try to establish it. If not, let's go to plan B. And K-State fell short in four games, but it was falling short extremely. I mean, a couple of plays go a different way. It's a different season.
0: Oh, for sure. And it, you know what? That's kind of the way this works, if, if we're being honest about it. You know, there's a very fine line in most years and in most conferences, the difference between, let's say – Ten and two, eight and four, whatever you want to say, okay, whatever your high and low is there, the competition is fierce and tough. Um, I'm like you. I think he's absolutely uh, very, very, very good at what he does. I'm like you, like everybody else. Man, I wish we'd have done this, or but but those are rare times from my perspective, right um, I've been around Colin long enough now, I, I, I think I can say this pretty safely. Um, he was convicted. Let's go back to the Texas game with the fourth and four. He was convicted on this was the right play. It didn't work. I think he looks at it and always will. Um, as we had a first and goal of six, we had many more chances than just the fourth down play.
1: On first, second, and third down. That's it was exactly there, right. and it just yeah. wasn't so, executed.
0: So that's why I think he's successful, because he thinks bigger, right? Um, and, and you're right about the pass game. Um, and if you look at K-State's numbers this year, the the run-pass mix was as good as most of the years that I've been here. I've been here 22 seasons.
1: Now, were you ever worried that um, – I know, I guess a rumor maybe got out there or whatever that AM was also interested in Avery Johnson as like a package deal or whatever. Yeah. Just by knowing though, the real, maybe that that may just be nonsense. Never heard, confirmed, nor deny on that. But um, I mean, were you ever worried that Avery might consider leaving because they were so tight? Well, especially in the recruiting of Avery? I would be
0: lying if I said I wasn't worried about it at all. That's not fair. Um, you worry when you have a, a player like that, a, a talent like that. Of, of course you, you think about stuff like that. But, but I think at the end of the day, this is a fit for him. I think he likes it here. I think he really likes K-State, uh, likes the opportunity in front of him. And um, it, it makes sense for him that, you know, this is your time, Avery, go get it. I think it's as simple as that. Hey, all of it with the way this is today, we're talking about Kobe Savage going into the portal earlier. The portal and NIL money has whew, this is hard to say, but, but I, I feel this way. It has become pay for play, and I, I just like it very, very, very much. Wish we could change it. Hope we can. I'm not saying I'm not all for the athletes getting what they deserve, and then some, because I am. But not this way, because this is pay-for-play. And I, I think if you're talking about amateur athletics, and maybe we're not anymore. Maybe I should look at it in a different way. But I'm just going to be honest and say, I think there's deals being done under the table now, late in years in the, in the season, and then once the portal hits, doesn't take long.
1: I think you're absolutely right.
0: I'm, I'm just being yeah, honest. tampering. I th- yeah, yeah I the think, tampering. I think of- that's
1: exactly what's happening everywhere. No, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. But I also think it's up to you, you know, you know if you want to compete, you got to kind of. Absolutely true. You, you got to do it as well. Yeah. And, and K-State is
0: trying and trying and trying to compete, as is everybody else. But if you—it's a
1: wild west. I mean, it is a it, wild it, west. That's all well said. It doesn't even feel like a rule, though. It feels like it's frowned upon. But look in the other way, you know, NCAA about all this tampering stuff, you know. But everybody's doing it. That's the thing. I mean, I would assume everybody is. I mean, you—you you can't you know, if you want the well, best recruits go, in the country. Let's, let's
0: go back to Avery and to a And M.
1: You don't think at
0: some point they wouldn't have inquired?
1: Oh. I mean, once I first heard that rumor, I was like, you know, why? Why would you not at least try? If you like him, if you think he's that good, and you think he could be the next big thing in College Station, Texas. Sure. I mean, that's they got that oil money. They got a ton <laughs> of money in College Station, Texas. K State is not even close to being as fortunate as a Texas A&M when it comes to potential NIL money or coach's money or whatever to fund this or that in in athletics yeah well i'll
0: go back to kobe savage okay i guess a kind of a somewhat of a final thought here i am always going to think until he tells me otherwise that this is this is nil money that is the reason he's leaving
1: but i don't blame him
0: no no no. i'm not putting any blame on him no not at all that that's Hey, these young people just like like we were talking about you know a week or two ago with Will. If he can go out there and make a million or a million five,
1: wouldn't you do it? Of course you would. Absolutely, you would. And you should. Yeah, I mean and Will Howard. I mean Will Howard's going to make you know some pretty dang good nil money here whenever he decides his landing
2: spot. I mean. I I, I, mean, I haven't you've, looked. You've at...
0: seen pictures of Lincoln Riley and people like that flying in here. Yeah, I know right? there's
2: been. Oh, I'm sorry. I know there's been rumors that, I don't. I, not to be true. But Marvin Harrison Jr. had offers that were like 20 million in NIL money for State Ohio State. Wow, he was just a Heisman finalist.
0: Yeah, and probably the best receiver in college football. Would you say that?
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, no the best doubt. Two or three. Yeah, I yeah. mean no. Who was it? Was Michael Penix Jr. and then Bo Nix? That was two and three
0: in the vote at Heisman. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. that's yeah. how I voted. Yeah, because I, th- to me, those two guys were really, really good this year. If you look at numbers, mm-hmm. but if you're, if you're awarding the Heisman Trophy just on numbers, they probably got the right guy. But for me, I do think somewhere along the line, winning counts. Am I wrong on that?
1: Well, I when I vote, this is my third year voting for the Heisman. I I try to make sure I'm just looking at it as an individual award. Sure, which is what um, it
0: is. It's not a team award. That's fair. But like like Daniels was responsible for like 50 touchdowns.
1: 50. Yeah. Well, and th- that's exactly and it. And I'm not saying you know he. I mean. He, I don't remember exactly everybody LSU played this year. I know they weren't as good as um, as Oregon well, and we, Washington. Well, we know they lost to Florida State. Right. Through all that controversy of them not making it, that's been hashed around a lot. We do know that. I mean, they played Alabama, Mizzou, Ole Miss, Florida State. Yeah. I mean, Texas a and For me, it was about how – dynamic not only was with his arm which he had some of the best throwing numbers in the country yep. but he was also one of the best rushers in the country true and when you're just that much of a killer as a qb as a dual threat and you put up those video game type of numbers it's hard to beat yep. especially with how valuable a dual threat is this day and age of football yeah okay i'm gonna give you a little assignment for next
0: week okay you ready do do a little research on those top three guys Come back Monday and tell me which guy you want for 2024. And
1: let's see if it's Jalen Daniels or not. I think I'm going to land on Jalen Daniels. (laughs) first, And he also didn't turn it over that much. No, he did not. I mean, not just his yardage. He's an
0: electric player, uh, no doubt. Let Let me ask it another way. Do you think he'll be a better pro than those other two guys? Not that that necessarily matters, but people talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and I would think that there are pro people that think he would be the third
1: guy of those three. Well, he's also got some pretty good size. I don't know how tall Penix and Nix are. Yeah. But Jane Daniels Jane Daniels like six four, six five. I mean sure. a big guy that can boogie mm-hmm. down yeah, the that, field. Penix
2: is six three, Nick's is six two, Caleb Williams six one, May six four. Caleb Williams is smaller than I thought he was.
0: Yeah. Hmm. And there there are people that question what kind of pro he'll be.
1: Jalen Daniels threw for forty touchdowns. Yeah. He also had the best QBR in the nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was hard to not I'm go not with him when your I voted. vote wasn't correct. That's My, not what I mean. <laughs> the fight I had with myself was to put who should I put at second? Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix? Yeah, and I went with Penix because I, I think throughout the year I've enjoyed watching him play a little bit more. I think you could go gone either way. When you're voting second or third, it honestly doesn't matter because I figured Jalen Daniels would win the Heisman, but I just enjoyed watching Michael Penix junior a little bit more on his on on the ground game or throwing the football washington was a better team although i say it again i try not to count it as a team award. right but he did beat oregon twice that that did matter a lot to me when when picking pennix as well all right we got to take a break when we come back let's tip our cap once again to another great k-state basketball player this time as a Wildcat has received Big 12 Player of the Week honors, we'll discuss that next on Wildcat Insider. is Wildcat Insider on K-Man. Coming up next, top of the hour, it is the Jeff Mitty Show, hosted by Brian Smuller from uh, 6 to 7 o'clock. Actually, I should say that's on our sister station, B104. Or uh, I'm mess- messing this all up. Sunny, 102.5. Thank you. Jeff Mitty Show on Sunny. <laughs> There's AJ with the safe. Uh, right here on K-Man Chiefs Kingdom. Coming up at 6 o'clock, talking about the L to the Buffalo Bills. But I do believe Mitch Holtzis was back on the call. He was, yeah. On Sunday. That
0: had to be tough for him to miss after that streak, right? I mean, he had a long, long streak. Hadn't
1: missed a game since he was with the Cats. 500-plus. Yeah. It was crazy good. I do not keep tracking my games that way. I should have. <laughs> uh, wanted to give a shot to Casey Volleyball here real quick. Um, so earlier today... K State middle blocker Sydney Bolding became the first the program's first ever draft pick. She was a drafted 11th overall by the Grand Rapids Rise in the inaugural Pro Volleyball Federation draft. I, I'm, I'm, I hope I don't sound like a bad sports talk show host slash guy. I did not know the Pro Volleyball Federation was a thing. But, I mean, it's a first year, right? It is now. And Sydney Bolding was a second-round pick, 11th overall. That seems like a pretty big deal.
0: Well, I think it is a big deal, and we congratulate her. I'll tell you how I found out about it. I found out about it in a communications meeting this afternoon from Jordan, who does a really good job covering K-State volleyball and uh, baseball and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. She kind of enlightened, uh, enlightened us on that uh, she was going to be drafted, and we all looked around like didn't even realize there was a, a volleyball draft or, or pro league. But this this is apparently a pretty new thing. And so congratulations to her. That's, that's terrific.
1: Well, let me do a quick Google search here real quick. Let's see what's I can, what I can find out <laughs> about this. Because so there are seven teams. It started, I guess, it was founded last year. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find if I can find the teams. Because that's what I really like to know. I want to know where all these teams are. Okay, here we go. So you got the Atlanta Vibe, Columbus Fury, Grand Rapids Rise, Las Vegas. They don't have a team name. Omaha Supernovas, Orlando Valkyries, and the San Diego Mojo. Wow. I like these team names. And by the way, not only do they have cool team names, I love their logos. Go to provolleyball.com and go to the Teams tab and just look at some of the – got some good logos. Huh. i have to check that out. I think – let's see here. I can show you here a little bit later. I like the San Diego Mojo. I like that logo. Hmm, not bad. Las Vegas and uh, there's a 2025 market team coming soon, so they're going to have another team coming up a little bit later down the road. But right now they have seven. So congratulations to Sydney Bolding on becoming K-State's first-ever volleyball pro draft choice. Second round earlier today. Meanwhile, the K-State men coming off a pair of wins. They've now won five straight. Back on Tuesday, knocking off Villanova in overtime, 72-71. And K-State beat LSU on the road on Saturday, 75-60. You know, something we haven't talked about yet. Boy, I'm sure it's the first for you, just as was the first for me. K State won three straight games in overtime at home. I mean, just weird. Yeah. But they won. That's the important thing. This has been a weird November slash December so far for college basketball. There are plenty of power five, power six teams that have been losing by games. We just talked about it off air not too long ago. Kentucky lost to North Carolina Wilmington or whatever they're called at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're Kentucky, I mean, that's embarrassing. That's right. K-State was able to stay away from that kind of embarrassment, won games like against Oral Roberts, um, and then they won in overtime against Villanova. Once again, game-winning shot from Tyler Perry, knew once it left his hands, it was money. <laughs> yeah. And it got a huge roar from a packed house at Bramlage Coliseum. Hard to fathom playing back-to-back-to-back overtime games.
0: And uh, I think everybody probably knows the, the stat now, but it's the first time K-State had, had done that since 1964. That's, that's remarkable, isn't it? Back-to-back-to-back overtime games. And you think about that with Oral Roberts, North Alabama, and then Villanova. And probably, at least from my perspective, maybe the most fortunate to win the North Alabama game.
1: Truthfully. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. Needed – I I I mentioned this last week that in that game I felt like some calls definitely went K-State's way, and maybe North Alabama wasn't as fortunate on what – maybe they felt that they should have got those same calls and didn't. I'm yeah. just being absolutely fair. Yeah. Well – About what I saw. Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, K-State's down 71-67. Yeah. Miss, they miss a free throw. K-State – I mean, it's just crazy to, to, to find a way to win that.
1: How many free throws did K-State have in that game? Like 48?
0: Yeah, I think they were 34 of 48. Had 48
1: got... free throws in that game, and then against Villanova, K-State had six total free throws. <laughs> but went six for six. Poor Gasson, he couldn't hit a free throw to save his life in Baton Rouge. Yeah, they were 34
0: of 48. That's just that's – an, that's crazy.
1: Uh, But I wanted to give a special shout-out to uh, Arthur Kaluma, the transfer from Creighton. He was this week named, earlier today, named uh, the Big 12 Player of the Week. Thanks to the wins against Villanova and LSU, he averaged a double-double in those two games, 21.5 points um, and 10 rebounds per game. He shot 76%. He was 85.5% from three-point range and he also averaged two and a half assists and 39 and a half minutes per game. You know, I was trying to think of a good analogy for Arthur, the way I think he's been playing this season. To me, and why you may not get this, AJ, you might, I like playing video games. It's the second most popular hobby in the world. He is like a player in an open world game where throughout the game, you just continue to level up. And when you level up, you get more perks or you get more gadgets that make you a better person or a better player. Arthur Kaluma continues to level up, and he, it's like he continues to pick up these basketball perks as he continues to get better from what we saw in the Villanova game, him slicing to the hoop and scoring on beautiful cuts and euro steps. And what I saw against LSU, some really good defense, turning that into offense, but his one-on-one game, not necessarily taking it to the hoop, but one-on-one, making a little step, shooting the three. Or turn around, fadeaway jumpers, sinking them. It's like his game is just getting better. It's evolving. And now it's been, boy, I mean, Seven straight games, let's put it that way, I, I, as I just count them up here, I think seven straight games he has scored in double figures, maybe eight. And, I, you know, this isn't crazy. I think he's been K-State's best player. He's been very effective, no question.
0: I think one thing that I appreciate about him is is it at least appears in this little stretch that he's on where he's been really, really good is that you've you heard the cliche not forcing things or you've heard the, the phraseology of – letting the game come to him. He wasn't scoring early in the game on Saturday. Cam was doing a lot of that, but there was no real panic for Arthur or putting up a bad shot here or there. He just kind of started to slowly get into the flow, and the next thing you know, you look, and he's got himself a, a double-double, um, a second double-double for the year and I think f- number five in his career. He just is comfortable now. We, we mentioned earlier... In, in the show that, you know, the way he looked in the USC game in Vegas to start and the way he's looked over the last couple of games, it, it, it's... I don't know if, if if saying night and day is totally that far, but he's he's made a ton of progress. And just, just from a the standpoint of, of playing with more confidence, he, he's gone up, 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 up. As you say, level up. <laughs> he's leveled up in confidence, that's for sure. Well,
1: and I think... To me, and I may be wrong, but I just feel like with the new offense, the five-out offense, I think he, just to me, I think he's benefited from it the most than anybody else because it's designed, of course, to space you out, but to, you're looking for mismatches. You want to be able to drive and maybe collapse the defense. You get a kick out. Uh, you know, Arthur – Has done so many things and looked really good in performing in this offense when maybe like a Tyler Perry is still trying to get comfortable with it. And, you know, Cam Carter, you know, maybe doesn't have the best shooting days out of it, but he's scoring the basketball and he's starting to look really good out of it as Mm -hmm. well. You know, David isn't scoring the most amount of points, but he's rebounding really well. You know, I, I think in a way this has benefited these guys in different ways. But I think in the all around game, I think Arthur has been able to bounce out of it looking a little bit more better. I think think what you're
0: describing there is guys getting more comfortable as they go in their role and playing to their strengths, right? I mean, we all know. Yeah, in a roundabout way, yeah. 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 I mean, mean, David Gasson isn't necessarily, I mean, let's be honest, he's a poor free throw shooter, okay? He was 0 for 6 Saturday. What are his strengths? One of them is rebounding. That might be the thing that I'm the most excited about because – if I'm being honest, I think he is a lot better rebounder this year than he was last.
1: Well, not only has he been a great rebounder, I think in the big twelve, he's been one of the best offensive rebounders. yeah, he
0: he has an ability because of he's he's long and angular, and he's he's athletic. he can run. I mean, he he gets to a lot of balls uh, that maybe others won't. Um so yeah, i I think everybody is is more comfortable as 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 they've gone on here um since the start of the year. Um, I'm anxious, too. I think we're getting closer on Quez Glover. Um, I think it's possible that he could play one of those late December games or maybe right at the first of the year with with UCF. We'll see. He brings, I I think, depth uh, in that backcourt and ability to do a lot of things. He's a very quality passer and defender and shoots it decently well. Um, So, yeah, they're they're, uh, (laughs) – Doing all right on a
1: on a five-game streak here. Well, and w- what do you think about the defense? They've been playing as a team the last couple of games. you think it's taken a big step? Well, I think it's taken steps.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I would say just a huge big step or big steps, but I think it's fair to say that they're continuing to, to get better. As an example, you know, they gave up some threes early in the game against Villanova, and if you kind of noticed, then that went away a little bit. Nova was – I think 12 out of 35 from two. That's pretty good defense against a team like that. They And, again, they're more of a perimeter team. I, I get that. But I do think K-State defensively has improved. And they needed to, right? Let's be honest. They needed to get better. And I think they're still um, on their way there. They, they, they're far from probably being a team that has arrived defensively and maybe right at the top of the league defensively. But now I think they're doing enough things – better that it, that's helped him.
1: let's take a break when we come back we'll take a look at K-State basketball's next opponent we gotta wait till Sunday but it's a big game against the Nebraska Cornhuskers we'll preview next we are uh, we're back Wildcat Insider Mitch Fortner Wyatt Thompson AJ Shaw coming up next for the K-State men they are going to be hosting the Nebraska Cornhuskers on Sunday that'll be taking place at Bramlage Coliseum tip off time is scheduled for 2 o'clock it is Junior Wildcats Club Day, uh, and I do believe the game is sold out. I do believe that is a sold-out game. I'll, I'll go double-check here in a second. Nebraska is a little bit better than what they were when they played K-State in Kansas City last year. That was a 6-5 and five team. This year's team is 8-2 and two so far. They just beat Michigan State 77-70 at home. Um, they still have some of the same pieces as last year. Uh, I'll let you, why take away of just your thoughts on Nebraska coming into town someday.
0: Basically, for the most part, really they have just the one starter back, though. Um, Kese Tominaga. Tominaga is averaging 14 points a game from Japan, has played a lot of international basketball, solid player. But they have a very interesting mix of returning guys who didn't necessarily start a year. And maybe I could probably say that, Uh, Jawan Gary would be a returning starter because he started all 17 and then got hurt Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a couple guys there but Gary's a good player Uh, you've got C.J. Wilcher back from last year he's played a lot of basketball nearly 90 games in his career but some of those new guys have given them kind of a little push here Um, they have a young man big kid 6'10 nearly 250 his name is Rink Mast uh, from a transfer from Bradley 12.5 Twelve and a half points, almost ten rebounds, nine point seven. Uh, another transfer from New Mexico, Josiah Alec, who did not play the other day against uh, Michigan State. Uh, then, then you look at um, Sam Hoiberg as a the son of the coach is 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 playing a little bit more of a role now. Uh, so, so it's a very interesting team, and I they, I tell you they've got a couple of young kids that I really like, including a guy by the name of Eli Rice, who's a six eight freshman. Um, he's from Tennessee, played at IMG Academy. He hasn't played a lot. And he's just nine minutes a game. But their, their talent level is up. It's been a slow, slow process for, for Coach Hoyberg to build a little bit here. Give you an example, okay? Looking at this a little bit uh, over the last couple of days. In his fifth year at Nebraska, including the win yesterday, his record with the Huskers, 48-85. and 85. Now, let me put that into perspective for you this way. Here are his year by year win totals at Iowa State. 16, 23, 23, 28, 25. <laughs> you get the idea. Mm-hmm. If you go back to his time at Iowa State, remember that they were the they were the first ones to really start kicking it, you know, on the transfer kids, right? Well, the world caught up with him, of course. But, so it's been a little bit tougher here uh, for him. But they're 8-2 and two with that win last night. They've started conference play at 1-1, one and one, lost at Minnesota, had a, t- a chance, led in the second half but lost, and then beat Michigan State last night. So I'm looking forward to the game. I, I, K-State beat them last year,
1: um, but, but I, and I think they're the better team, but you got to go do it. And I don't, you know, I don't, I would not predict K State would lose this game against Nebraska. They are better than they were last year. Uh, Jawan Garrett, you mentioned, I mean, that's the, that's the name I remember from last year. Oh, yeah. Other than that, not a, you know, not a whole lot. They do have two losses on the year lost to Minnesota by 11. That was a road game to open up Big Ten play. They lost to Creighton, and that was a, wasn't that a home game? For Nebraska smoked. was a neutral.
0: You know, I don't know that I remember that. We'll have to look at that.
1: But yes, they they played one ranked team this year and they got smoked, smoked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And Creighton, uh, let's
0: just be clear about this. Creighton is really good. Kalkbrenner is one of the best players in the country. They shoot the dog out of it. <laughs> they're they're pretty good. It's not a crime to lose to Creighton
1: right now. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, but Creighton <laughs> gave them all they can handle. That was at Nebraska. Is that Pinnacle Bank Arena? Was it really? And, yeah, Nebraska okay. shot two of twenty-two from three. They had a a brutal night shooting the basketball. Um, Meanwhile, Creighton hit 14 threes in the game. They took a lot, too, but they hit 14 of them. Um, But, yeah, I'm sure Mitch Palm will be very in favor of K-State getting it done. By the way, that is a sold-out game. Meanwhile, if you're looking for tickets for K-State men's basketball and you don't want to deal with secondary sites, I highly suggest, like, having the idea of making them as a gift or something, because they're, a lot of games from here on out are going to be selling out. If they're not sold out, they're going to be very close to at this point. Uh, the Oklahoma State game is sold out. Uh, KU game is not sold out yet, but it will be. TCU, BYU, and Iowa State are sold out. So they're either sold out or very close to sellouts the rest of the way for home games.
0: That's so exciting to hear yeah. you say that. Yeah. You know, our fans have just been amazing. There's no doubt about that, both through the football season and and uh, to start this basketball campaign. And last year was so much fun when when Bramlage got to really fever pitch, I guess I'll say, in some of those big games in the conference or most of the games
1: in the league. And uh, this year we know it's going to be like that too. Can't wait. I mean, heck, Chicago State, that coming up on January 2nd, the last home non-conference game. Yeah. Um it's getting close to a sellout, if you can believe that. So for a uh, no name non conference game it's uh it's, it's close.
0: Yeah. Well, coach Tang has said and we all know it uh this is about K-State come watch the cats don't worry about who they're playing, right? I mean and that's that's kind of the way he wants to do it. Um and and I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. This is a fun team to watch and I as we've chronicled through the show here today uh I think they've made a lot of progress and still certainly have room for more, and, and I think they're going to get better. I like this group, Mitch, do you? I mean, I, I like these guys. Um, they just seem to be a very, very coachable bunch, and I really like what Coach Tang and the staff are doing with them. They're, they're good teachers, man. They are really good at what they do.
1: Well, I'm not going to lie. You know, when they were, played those two back-to-back overtime games and just barely beat, like, you know, Oral Roberts in North Alabama, yeah. I've had my worries. But of course, since Villanova beating them in overtime, you know, once again, had to gut it out, very good win at LSU. They're starting to vibe a little bit defensively as well. Once I saw that improvement defensively and they take care of business in LSU, I'm now feeling, even though after all the drama we've had this last week, they were able to get over all the distractions, take care of business at LSU. I am feeling a lot better now yeah. about this team.
0: But, but – and again, you know what? They are going to get better, and I think they've got a lot of growth left in them. But let's just remind people how hard the league is, okay? And I know you got to get a break in here, but yeah, here's how league starts. UCF at home. That's a pretty good way to start. But then you go at West Virginia, at Tech – then Baylor and Oklahoma State at home, and then road trips to Iowa State and Houston. So welcome to the Big
1: 12. All right, well, let's wrap it up here. Um, Wyatt, um, let's go and wrap up Wildcat Insider. I know we're kind of off. AJ's trying to get this figured out now, but we got to wrap it up. We didn't get to that last break, but I want to thank Wyatt for coming in once again, and that's going to wrap it up for Wildcat Insider. For AJ, Wyatt, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.